calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. This is DJ Steve Wonder from Los Angeles. You're listening to Rebel Radio. Aight. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh? Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I talk to the Rebels who are shaping youth culture. We find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show that features new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. I'm your host, Josh Levine, and my guest today is my man, Steve Wonder. He's a great DJ, producer, remixer. He's uh, the host of the Selected Eclectic podcast, along with DJ Spider and Mr. Best. And uh, he and Mr. Best also produced one of my favorite mixtapes I've heard in recent years. It's on Mixcloud. If you look up the uh, New Wave mixtape from Steve Wonder and Mr. Best, it's a great listen. Before I get into it, uh, I want to tell you we're putting up more and more video on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash rebelradionet, and also on my Instagram. I'm just using my personal Instagram for now. You can follow me at Jay Levine. We're starting to put clips from our interviews up there, so you might find some of that. And uh, we're going to get into the interview with Steve Wonder right after our EDM.com track of the week. Blows like Christmas. Yeah, they might not miss this, but I'm gonna guarantee that I'm gonna kiss this, kiss this ass. Make them my boss, bro, bro, cause flippers get left in the cross. They be failing while I take a pass. Straight to the top, I make that my task. Always stay first and never be lost. But what you didn't, yeah, they can call me the mark, mark. Scared if they come fast, tell them I'm not in a net rock. I send them back to the box, far where I'm not chisel on blocks. So they send me the hate mail, see my name on the front of the label. So they send me the hate mail, see my name on the front of the label. Yeah, they send me the hate mail. And that was Ellis Delta and D Lush with Hate Mail, the EDM.com track of the week. Get over to EDM.com and check out new music. And of course, let's get into the interview with Steve Wonder. Flames at my table. <laughs> 
Thanks for coming to do this, man. I'm excited sure, to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. I've been seeing your name around forever. Oh, totally. So, yeah. I want to talk about you, though. How to, um, I want to talk about how, how you got started and all this. Okay. Um, do you remember first getting into music was when you were a kid? Yeah. Uh, my earliest memories were was probably like Herbie Hancock performing at the Grammys, the rocket thing. Oh, yeah. I think anyone who saw that as a kid was just, especially for DJing and the scratching. And, right. You know. Uh, Were you into hip hop and, and that before then? I mean, I was so young. I, right. I don't know if that was '84. I may have been five years old. You know. Yeah, it was. Luckily, around. I had an older brother, three years older. Uh huh. He put me on to hip hop. Okay. He taught me about break beats. You know, he he's the one who kind of opened Pandora's box of it being more than just. Which the song you're listening to, like the samples and right. graffiti, and right, just right, like right. it being a whole culture yeah. behind it. Which yeah. once that is opened, it never ends. You yeah. know, I'm still searching for samples and stuff. You know what I mean? Of course, so, yeah. like, luckily I had that influence. So when he was 10, I was seven. You know, I was he was feeding me like, oh yeah, but that song is from this song. Oh, you know cool. what I mean? And then yeah. kind of like, I mean, even for 10, that's that's good. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I, I always wish I was born a little earlier. I was born in 79. Okay. I like to say I was born in the 70s. Right. But, you know, I still, like, being nine years old in 88 when it was, like, Run DMC, yeah. Guns N' Roses, like, that's, like, kind of the height of MTV, like, yeah, for sure. creativity and just kind of, like, so many things were happening at that so point. You, I like so many different types of music that actually were quality and had staying power, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I mean, of course there was hair bands and all that. But, yeah, yeah, of course. But I, I, I'm glad, you know, even saying I wish I was born young in, a, in an earlier age, I'm still happy that I got to experience all that because it did have a big influence on me, you know, yeah. like watching MTV raps and, sure. you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I mean, that, 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 that performance with uh, Herbie Hancock, I mean, it was just... It was hip hop. He had a DJ. Right. It was like break dance. It was like everything that was kind of the sound of New York at that time, which I'm still obsessed with, like New York circa like 80 to 85. You know sure. what I mean? When all the yeah, cultures yeah, yeah. were kind of combining. I stuff. mean, it's funny you say that because, you know, we're just talking about music on TV and it's like that moment, like for a lot of America, that was like their introduction to hip hop. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And Herbie, you know, I read his autobiography and he talks about, you know, he kind of talks about inventing hip hop, like from, from yeah. his perspective, right, yeah. on that night. Yeah. And how that show came together and well, all that. Well, that performance, too, with all the, um, the mannequins and yeah. the robots, it was so abstract, you know, like I think a lot of, yeah. a lot of DJs and hip hop heads who are older than me always say, Sugar Hill Gang Rapper's Delight is like the first record they bought or that's the sure. moment, you know, yeah. but that was 79 So that's when I was born, right, you know, so my moment kind of was that was was the Herbie Hancock uh -huh. And just kind of like the eclecticness. It was very like Basquiat. It was very 
underground New York, like what he captured. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It wasn't mm -hmm. like commercialized Definitely. or like, you know what I mean? So it, that that well, connected even more. You even know? the idea that that song was a hit, right? If you listen to it by today's standards or, or by yeah. the standards back then, right? There's hardly any words. I mean, there's, there's no words, basically. Yeah. Just the fresh or yeah. the awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's just some scratches, yeah. right? And yeah. there's, and like, the fact that a record like that could be a hit. Yeah. It always reminded me of the of the Beverly Hills Cop theme song because the synths yeah, yeah. are the lead. Yeah. But it was just so funky and so like, it had that craft work, electro. Sure. But it wasn't like super fast. It was like right. right there. It was just like, it was dope. So yeah, that was a huge influence on me and music and just like hip hop culture. Hip -hop, so you know? so were you like hip hop head from day one pretty much then? Um, yeah. I mean, I always... Like I said, Guns N' Roses, like I always liked rocked. Mm -hmm. I was just a fan of music. Mm -hmm. But I think, like I said, when my brother kind of helped me see the, the, the depths of the music. And I mean, there's obviously there's depths in any genre you're yeah. going into. It, it always, you can dig deeper. But um, yeah, that's when I was like, all right, I want to know more. And yeah, I mean, Fat Boys, just uh -huh. so much, so much influential as a kid you know just like they it was like i always like to say how how hip-hop in the 80s kind of correlated to wrestling like the big right? the big personalities you know okay, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like the fat boys were such a outlandish kind of right. like marketed created group and it's just like i don't know like just a hulk hogan you know, fat like, boys had a movie yeah, exactly. Disorderly. Yeah, I saw disorderly. Like, I remember seeing disorderlies. And that's like a crazy thing, right? That yeah. Like, I mean, because now you look back at them, they're kind of gone, right? And from history. Yeah. Like, except for us. Most people. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most people never heard of Fat Most hip-hop fans yeah. never heard of Fat Boys, right? Yeah. But they got their own movie. No, I mean, like, their, their, their impact on the culture was huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah from, I think they won a competition to be in the Fresh Fest or something. I might have my history wrong. I went just, to that Fresh Fest. That's I went, crazy. I went to year uh, two, I think, 84, okay. 85. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just kind of them, I think they came out of the fever, but just kind of how uh -huh. their evolution of like what they, from like, what they were the Fresh 3MCs or something. And, yeah. But just like that was the early days of marketing, you know, mm -hmm. with Run DMCs and my Adidas, like, I went to the Adidas party on Saturday, the, the whole, like, yeah. you know, and it's just, like, they were so ahead of the game. I mean, we're talking 33 yeah. years ago yeah. to, to have Adidas sponsor, and none of that was heard of, and it was right. just so, when I read about it, and that's, that's what's crazy, too, is that, that marketing people and branding, like, just people that were open, because rap had a stigma back then, you know? For like, sure. Them playing rap videos on... MTV, so like, it's crazy, you know. Whoever was doing the marketing, Swatch Watch with the Fest Fest, you know, like yeah, yeah. those people that were willing to take a chance on the music really were ahead of their time. As you see now, it's everything. Like, man, I was talking with somebody about that the other day. They're like, Swatch, they they blew it. Yeah. Like, cause when I was fourteen, like that, every kid wanted a Swatch. Yeah. You know, and part of it was the music stuff, and part of it was just like they were making this. Watches unlike anything else on the market yeah. with the see-through and all the colors yeah. and uh, uh, the wristbands you could swap out yeah. and all that. And like, where'd they go? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. But they, but somebody had the idea at the beginning yeah. and they were like, they were on it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's that's interesting. I always like to think about the how you know it's like you look at like Paid in Full, and like Big Daddy Kane, like and all the big Dookie ropes and mm-hmm. the Dapper Dan Gucci and mm-hmm. like the difference of what like what kind of like being I don't want to say materialistic, but like showing off like that you were paid in in that era as opposed to kind of like when it shifted when Biggie and Puffy and like the the shiny suit era you know yeah. what i mean cuz it's yeah. kind of the equivalent but i think people didn't didn't like criticize it so much because there was so much lyricism and you know like i don't know you know what i mean it's it's always interesting to me it's like well it's funny so i just I just had uh, Tommy from Hip Hop DX on the show, mm-hmm. and he's he's kind of arguing that um, the reason hip hop is is so big today and it's the dominant force in mm-hmm. in music and culture is because it's synonymous with the American dream, with that paper chase, mm-hmm. right? And that like, whereas rock, other genres have always kind of been like, you know, they've always kind of been like, like we're not really about the money we're about the art yeah and hip-hop's like we're about the money yeah and, the art is and about he feels the money. like america yeah. is about the money yeah and, and so it's like i don't know yeah. but but i think you're you're you bring up a good point which is like that relationship keeps changing yeah and you know yeah rakim you know he was flossing yeah but we don't think of him as a like the people that love Rakim yeah. will criticize Migos yeah. for being all about the money. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Uzi Vert and, and all them dudes yeah. that just rap about how rich they are. Like. Yeah. I guess, but Rakim was like paid in full. Like it was just such a artistic uh, expression of the hustle to get the money. Sure. That it was different than bragging about it, but yeah, it's similar. I, I've always thought about like if people in that era were like, "Oh, look at him with the gold chains," you know, or if they <laughs> right. were just like, "Oh, that's the shit," you know, I want to. But like Slick Rick, we weren't mad at Slick Rick. Yeah, exactly. Talking about how fly he was. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, that's what that's what people, yeah. you know, fresh tracks like a million bucks. Like that's what people quote from Slick Rick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I love it when new rappers quote. 80s rappers you know like yeah anytime Nicki Minaj will reference like a rock ham line or something I'm just like yes like <laughs> it's just like a, like all right like keep the lineage because sure. someone might hear that line and then hear the song yeah that it's from and be like oh I like that song and that's kind of just like that keeps the cycle going I think when artists new rappers just like pay no homage it's like that's when the culture kind of gets lost and it's like you know, yeah. it's just like pay it forward. You know, these people did it before you. It's just like yeah, listening yeah, yeah. to LeBron talk about, you know, his little thing with Laura Ingram and, you know, like how ball players can't be, right. make social commentary. And he's talking about Bill Russell and yeah. Jackie Robinson. It's like, yo, like if, thank God for LeBron and he's the mouthpiece because he's saying everything he says is right. And for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if anything, the oppressors want people to be silenced or just not just talk about money and irrelevant stuff, you know? And it's like now more than ever, people need to be saying that. So it's really, you know what I mean? 
Well, people just want you to shut up when they don't like what you're saying. Yeah. It's never, like I saw something today about, you know, Mike Pence refused to stand at the, oh, the Olympics. Olympics. Yeah. And, 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 somebody, and whoever wrote, like, I thought sports was not where oh, you're yeah. supposed to, like, yeah, where your politics are. Right? Yeah, exactly, right? So football game, it's, yeah. it only depends on what, what side you're on, yeah. right? Everyone's principles go out I mean, the window. Petty acts, everyone can see that they're petty. You know what I mean? For sure. If you, if you move like that, everyone, yeah. it's super obvious. You know, For sure. if something is, is, I don't know, it's, it's such a different thing when something's calculated and thought out and Definitely. done well. But if you're petty, you're petty. Right. There's no getting around it. <laughs> yeah. Wait, how'd you get started DJing? I got started DJing in high school. I had a my best friend, who is a producer. Um, he had he went and got turntables. I went with him actually. Went to a pawn shop. Uh huh. Copped the Techniques 12s for like 250 nice. used. You know what I mean? And um, for about two years, I just kind of like was always hanging out with him, and he was learning how to DJ. I would yeah. go to the record stores, you know, like. Spots that don't exist anymore, street sounds, uh -huh. like DMC on Fairfax, uh -huh. like, and would go and just like hang, like pick up a record, like, oh, that's cool, but put it away, you know, like right. his dad would drop us off for an hour, we'd go through some records, yeah. and then, you know, a few years into it, I was just like, I would start messing around in his turntables, like, uh -huh. this is fun, you know what I mean, and then just kind of like, I think maybe like 96, I decided decided I was gonna get my own setup and just started shopping for myself and you know that that's kind of when it started and yeah but my introduction was through and there was some other DJs at my um, at my high school okay um, this guy he went by DJ Chaos now he's Double K he's from that group People Under the Stairs okay yeah he was a DJ. Um, a few other guys. There was there was a good hip hop scene. Like Merce went to my high school. Nice. A bunch of the living legend guys. Uh huh. Um, so there was always music, kind of around. Uh, at yeah. school, and we we'd leave school and go to tapes. There was this record store, um, Martin's, mm -hmm. that was on Pico. That was yeah, real yeah. dope because they get would get so many promo records. Yeah. And we would go shop there. I remember, I remember bringing promos over there. Yep. And it would be cheap, yeah. you know. It would be like you know, at one store it'd be seven ninety nine. Uh -huh. He'd have them for five bucks, and that yep. made a huge difference back then. Like for sure. trying to get the promos or the white labels, and um, yeah, it's kind of how it started in high school, and then in college, you know, got a better DJ setup and mm -hmm. connected with some friends up there, and just kind of went from a bedroom DJ to a house party DJ. To a bar DJ, yeah. To a club DJ. Do you remember your first paid gig? First paid gig. I guess not. I don't think so. I mean, okay. I, I remember my early gigs. Like I used to DJ at this Indian restaurant uh -huh. on Sunset in Silver Lake, and used to love oh, uh, uh, electric. Not it's called it was called Tantra I think actually. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like it's right by the Junction. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. And it had a second like second floor, one. yeah. Had yeah. a second floor, yep. and I would lug my records up the stairs, and I have to take one crate mm -hmm. upstairs, walk downstairs, take the next crate up, and um, that was one of the first like, I was through the through the '90s, I was real underground. Yeah, Spider will even attest to it. I was real anti like backpack. 
I was real backpack, but yeah. I was real anti-commercial yeah, jiggy. Yeah, yeah. Like, sure. that record, Be Faithful, which is like a club standard, which is, I play all the time now, but back then, like, <laughs> I wouldn't buy the record. Right. Because it was just too, like, bottle popping. Yeah. But that's what the scene was like. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I mean, in New York, you know, that's, that's what was happening. I was real freestyle fellowship, mm -hmm. far side, real mm -hmm. underground LA and stubborn, you know, and I missed a lot of music. I mean, I feel like that was a, LA, I mean, I think that happened everywhere, but I think especially in LA because like the, the scene got really big here off of gangster rap. Yeah. That like the underground was w way more underground. Yeah. Well, it felt cool to be part of something that was, um, or to be a fan of something that was so like grassroots yeah. and kind of, you felt like it was your own, you know, yeah, like yeah. only like a certain amount of people knew about it. Like uh -huh. even, even today when I mention it and other people are like, oh, you know, you still feel like, oh, you knew about that. Like, yeah. so I, I think that's what kind of held me. But also I was really ignorant and stubborn into being open to other music, you know, yeah, like that's youth. I think I didn't get into house music till the two thousands. Like, right. you know, like this people are people are digging this stuff. You gotta play it. You know what I mean? Like, I was never there a, was there a house record that like opened your eyes. I mean, bit? the Daft Punk stuff started yeah. coming out, and I was like, yo, this is funky. I mean, a lot of that French house was just different to me for sure. But um, I just I wasn't you know I wasn't a club kid per se. You know, uh -huh. I didn't start going out to clubs till I was actually 21, you know, like. Okay. And I think house was much more of a New York thing. Like there was a scene out here. I know there was like deep mm -hmm. and like those spots, but I never really went to them. I was still like hip hop, hip hop, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny cause hip hop like had that, you know, on the one hand there's the sampling which enabled them to like incorporate any sounds, mm -hmm. right? But on the other hand, and I, you know, I was part of that of like, saying no to all this other shit, right? Yeah. That's too commercial. Yeah. That's too techno. That's too, you know, uh, gangster, whatever, yeah. like yeah. What, whatever your thing was it, was, it was definitely about keeping people out. Yeah. Well, it's tough. I mean, that's always been the, the, the catch 22 about being a DJ or an open format DJ or just, you know, like, sticking to your guns and just playing what you hold so dear as opposed to yeah playing for everyone you know like it's tough because you can pigeonhole yourself or people will pigeonhole you as this type of dj like of he does that you know yeah but i wish i would have known my younger dj self that i should be open to playing everything because i'll do weddings i'll do all types of stuff uh -huh. and have to you know, work with the work with the client and see what their playlist is, and you know, just um, it's 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 good to be versatile and flexible in terms mm -hmm. of playing all genres. And I just, if I had known that, you know, that's one thing I'd say to a young DJ. Like, I mean, it's either like love one kind of thing, like right. go hard on that, whatever it is. You know, yeah. if it's boom bap. If it's soul, if it's house, you know, that's what you are. Or be well-versed in a little of everything because you want to be a chameleon and kind of adapt to all. 
sure. different kind of parties. And if you're going to travel and if you're going to go to Miami, you might play more Latin stuff. If you're going to go New York, you know, so yeah. you never know. So was yeah. that a um, was that something you learned the hard way? Was there like a moment where that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I got booked through this guy, Rocktacon, one of my first gigs in New York. And it was like a New York spot. And I was just, it's probably 06 maybe. And I was just, I just got on Serato and I was real, just like, I want to do gigs, you know. Uh -huh. And he booked me at the spot and he was like, oh, by the way, it's like all house. <laughs> and I didn't know, I mean, I had like a handful of house records. Right. You know, like I was not deep at all. But yeah. it did force me to like get hip to the music quick and, you know, go on iTunes and find house playlists. Like, uh, oh, I like that song, I like that song. And somehow I managed to do the whole night, you know. It was one of those New York, like, yeah. five-hour yeah, yeah, yeah. to 4 a.m. joints. And I made it through, you know what I mean? Like, for what it's worth, I didn't get kicked off. Or, right. So, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely been times like that where I'm like, oh, I need that. And Yeah. But now that we're on Serato, it's so much easier to just sure. be like, yo, I need this. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you'd have to go for yeah. the crate. Yeah, I was telling someone about Serato and just like the good and the bad and weighing them, I think it's the bad outweighs the good. Really? Honestly. Yeah, like I would rather go back to lugging my records and dealing with all the inconveniences of being a vinyl DJ than have everyone in the world be able to decide to be a DJ just like that. Okay. Every actor, every yeah. promoter, yeah, yeah. every bartender, sure. every one's mama is a DJ now. Yeah. You know, and I would rather just, because when you were on Wax, your record collection mattered, what you played, yeah. the, the depth of your records, like if you had some rare, like, it just marginalized everything. And I'm sure photographers and videographers feel the same way about For sure. Instagram. And yeah. So, I mean, I love it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, it's always, it's a good, it's a good conversation or debate on like the good versus the bad of all these technologies and how they've changed the industries, you know? So has it changed your DJing? Obviously, like, you know, you said kind of being open to different formats, different genres i think you know but but beyond that has has the fact that everyone in the world can be a dj has that changed how you approach it yeah i mean it's it's made it's made me there's a lot of really dope djs out there now yeah. you know what i mean there's a lot of people there's just so much music out here now that like i can get hip to a new dj and hear a whole set from them and they're playing all this dope stuff that I've never even heard, yeah. you know, I like, but I'm like, I want that music. I want that, you know, so who, if anything. Um, who's, who's come up recently like that? Well, I just went to the Red Bull three style yeah. in uh, Krakow, actually. I was out there nice. kind of networking and I was trying to build like a network of DJs from different countries, Europe, if I yeah, want to go yeah. out there. And um, there's just such dope uh, who like DJ Puffy won it last year. Uh-huh. He was really dope. Um, this girl, Nina Las Vegas, was a judge, and she played a really eclectic set that there was no, she didn't stick to one genre. It mm. was changing. It was just so, so impressive. And yeah, like I didn't know one song she played, but it was all funky and just right. unique. 
Hey, if you're enjoying this one, let's go back in the Rebel Radio archives on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out my interview with JCO, uh, one of Steve's collaborators and partners, also a great DJ. He was, he was a battle DJ, and he talks about bringing that spirit of competition to everything else he does. It was a great episode from uh, the early days on Rebel Radio. You can check that out after you finish up here with Steve Wonder. I, I really admire two things about DJs. One is their technical skills. You know, like they're, you could play the same songs you hear on the radio and you're sick of, but if they're manipulating yeah, in a sure. way, you're like, oh, that was dope. Yeah. Or someone like Nina Las Vegas who just played the set that was like, I don't know any of that, and I loved it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How often do you go out and not hear a song that you know, but you still like had a great time? Yeah, you know? so for sure. It's something really unique. So, yeah, I mean, things like that and like, I'm like, oh, like, in, what song was that? Like, it had this beat with that lyric. Uh-huh. And, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's definitely keeping me on my toes now. And, and, you know, now that it's so much more accessible to so many people, like, there are a lot of great DJs who are just, like, really artistic and doing their own style and vibe, you know? Well, I think, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not a DJ, but I, but hearing you talk about the good and the bad of it, right, like, I would hope, and I'm going to ask you if you're seeing it, but I would hope that the proliferation raises the bar and it, it ends up making making the best DJs better. Yeah, I think it does, for sure. That's kind of what that Red Bull competition is about. Yeah. It's like, it's, um, I mean, but there's guys on vinyl who are still killing it. But sure. It, it definitely... It definitely, you know, it's always a catch-22. It'll raise that, but at the same time, like, so many gigs that should go to qualified DJs who have been putting in work mm-hmm. that really care about the craft are not going to them because so-and-so has a connection and can play a set, you know, and yeah. and they get the gig, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to come off as, like, the salty old guy, but it's just... You know, you you think about it, and it's it's the technology changes a lot. You know what I mean? And yeah, but I think it's really like, like you said, it, there's good and bad. Mm-hmm. And you know, what you what you hear on Twitter is like all the bad or all the good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the reality is kind of somewhere in between, like yeah. you said. And and some of it is how you adapt to it. Yeah. Right. Well, I think a lot. Like I never got into DJing to make a career out of it. I just... What, what was going to be your career? I didn't really have one. I went to school for broadcasting. Okay. I got my degree in broadcasting. I was working for this commercial production company called Anonymous Content. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a really cool job, and they were growing. A lot of directors I worked with, like, helping them edit their reels. And yeah. I could have stayed with that, but what happened was I kind of... My, oh, I was going to say about the um, that Tantra gig mm. when I was DJing at the Indian restaurant, you know, I was making whatever, a couple hundred a night, and I started to hear about this guy, DJ Am, mm-hmm. and like, it was almost like this mythical figure, like, oh, DJ Am, like, this guy does all the hottest parties, right. makes 20000 a night, <laughs> he just did blah, blah, blah's birthday party, yeah. and then you go on his website, and he had all these brands, and he was scratching and his like yep. um, woo-ha, like and his the AOL sounds like oh man this guy's like 
dope and he has like his marketing together you know like i was yeah. not even thinking on that level you yeah. know and so that being said like it kind of like i had known spider and that was kind of i don't know if he told the story but that was kind of like our thing is like we wanted to like connect with am somehow just because it was like this guy you know yeah. what i mean you heard like you didn't hear about any other djs in kind of like the word about him and stuff yeah, yeah, so yeah. um we we ended up doing um magic trade show in 2005 okay packed his forerunner up with records turntables everything and we ended up spinning at the bongo jeans like little booth and at the same time and was dating Nicole Richie, mm -hmm. and she was a bongo spokesman. Oh, okay. Spokesperson. So they told us uh, Nicole's gonna come do a meet and greet, and and Am's gonna come. He might want to drop a set. We're like, right. dope. You know what I mean? Like this is right when Serato came out. So, yeah. and that's what happened. He came, and he was playing a set. We have video of it. We posted it on YouTube and he was doing his thing and he had Serato. I don't even I don't even know if we were on Serato yet, but uh -huh. yeah, he was like, yo, I just got every ultimate beats and breaks vinyl ever from Jazzy Jeff. Like, and nice. like what? Like just the concept of digitizing music was yeah, crazy yeah. to us. You yeah. know, so like that was blowing our mind. Yeah. So and then yeah, he spun and we were just like flabbergasted by his skill and just what he was doing and we kind of, then we went to LAX had just opened and mm -hmm. kind of met his friend Kevin Scott mm -hmm. and just kind of started to build a relationship, you know, and it just kind of grew from there. And then, like I was going to say, so we got kind of caught in the wave of AM. AM was able to kind of like break through the industry yeah. and, and create a new plateau of, of uh, relevance and importance for the DJ. So as he went, you know, like... So did the industry. So he kind of got money up for yeah. everyone, you know. And I, I ended up getting on Dexstar, which was dope. You know what I mean? Which was like amazing. But yeah, I was working that job, and one of my first gigs was like at a casino in like Kansas City, like <laughs> random, so random, you know. But that gig for that one night paid like what I made in a month yeah. at that company, and I was yeah. like, I was like, I. I, I think I did both for like, I don't know, a month and I'm just like, all right, I got to start to pursue this full time. And that's yeah. just kind of led me to just being a professional DJ. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like you got to see, you know, these things inspire us, right? You got to see that things are possible Yeah. before you can even start to think about that. Yeah. And... um yeah, he was the, he was like, what, you can do that? Right. You know, and I know there's people like that in every industry. For sure. You know what I mean? There's always the one guy who just like separates himself from the pack, but yeah. also allows everyone. So, yeah, I mean, that I, I was lucky enough. Is there somebody doing that now? For DJing? Uh-huh. Um, no, because it all changed. When AM passed, it changed because... A lot of things, you know, Vegas turned really housey. Right. All the big EDM guys became, and, and the open format guys who would play hip-hop, rock, kind of like where we all fell into, kind of got pushed yeah. to the back. Which is funny, because like in 2007, when I was DJing, I was a resident at this club Jet at the Mirage, mm -hmm. and I would be there on Mondays and Fridays in the main room, kind of doing that, like hip-hop, rock, 
oldies, yeah. a little of everything, and they would have a back room. And my man Eddie McDonald was the resident. He would book the DJs, and he would book like Tiesto, right, in the back room, in the back room, yeah, and yeah. Layback Luke yeah. and Cascade DJing for like, it's so crazy. And then it just switched. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think it's kind of going back. I mean, seems like it. I don't want to say it's open format. I mean, hip hop is kind of dominating main rooms now, you yeah. know, but um, I think there's still an audience that wants to hear a lot of everything, you yeah. know what I mean, so, yeah. but, yeah. And then how about, I know you do some producing mm -hmm. with Spider, with JCO, right? Mm -hmm. uh, JCO's been on the show. Oh, tight. Um, is that, like, a side thing? Is it, is it, uh, how, how do they fit together? Um, I mean, it started as just kind of remixing, yeah. which I still do. They fit together because now producers get booked to DJ. Right. You know, it's kind of like, what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're not DJs first. They're producers who are getting asked to come play their music, which never was the case. You right. know, it was never like uh, DJ Premier or Large Professor or like come spin a set of your beats, you right. know what I mean? And they yeah. were like, of your songs, you know? Like, maybe it was, I don't think it really was. So. Well, like, y yes and no. Yeah. Like, I mean, you still had to, so, you know, when I was working with Scion, we would book Premier and mm -hmm. Pete Rock and, you know, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, all these guys. But they had to be, they were good DJs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they had to like, and it, so it wasn't like, yeah, come play all your P-Rock and CL Smooth records. Yeah. But definitely when he would drop one, well, he wouldn't because he was mad at CL. Like, that, uh, they had beef. But, but yeah. like, when Preem would drop, like, a Gangstar track, yeah. everyone would go wild. Yeah. But it wasn't a set of Gangstar. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was playing everything. Yeah. And so I think, like, there was that, definitely as a promoter, there was that, like, he's going to draw more because of who he is as a producer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But at the same time, like, if, if they didn't, like, I don't want to, like, some of those guys were not great DJs. Yeah. Those three I mentioned were all great. Yeah. When they were, when they wanted to be that night. Yeah. Um, but these are events you're talking about, too, not yeah. like clubs. Not like nightclubs. Like, stuff. this is our club. Right. This is, these are our guys. You you're know? right. Like, no, no, you're right about that for sure. I'm just saying, like, they still had to show and prove as DJ. Yeah. Whereas Calvin Harris, like, no one's really paying attention to whether or not he's DJing yeah. and what the set it's is It's still like. the same thing. They want to hear him play his song, his right. big record. It's like, it's exactly. Like, it's like... I mean, I think that's just like... The way I look at it is, like, DJ has just taken on multiple meanings and yeah and people on the other side of the curtain don't really know the difference yeah you're almost better off being a producer right who makes a name for himself and gets a lot of hype and some maybe a hit record or right. some placements on some big albums and then getting bookings you yeah. know what i mean because you're going to be working with Exactly. Some type, you know, there's not too many DJ booking agencies or right. management companies. I mean, there's, you know, like the CAAs of the world, they have DJs on their right, roster. Right, right. But, like, but it's like Scam and Yeah, Star. but if you're connected, if you land a song on a Kendrick track, yeah. you know, like this industry is very much about affiliations For sure. and who you're connected with. Like, I don't know if he does, but I'm sure like a DJ Dahi 
who's got some amazing records on some big mm -hmm. albums, you know, like he, his asking price or he, he can like book a tour a lot easier, a DJ tour kind of off of, I mean, he is DJ Dahi, you know, uh -huh. but yeah, a yeah, producer yeah. kind of in, in his lane, you know what I mean, who's working with Kendrick and right. all these dope artists, like that's almost more like than just like the open format guy who can rip it up, but is just like the DJ's DJ. So you basically I mean? if you're saying, be a producer, but put DJ at the front of your name. No, well that's, I mean, just... I think he probably was a DJ right, before right, the right. beats were popping off, but I just, I just think Doom, if you like making beats, Doom coincide, you know, coincide. I, I want to talk about the, uh, the new wave mix. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's like, it's my favorite it mix. Oh, dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I nice. love it. Yeah. I love it. And and I love, I mean, you know, that's I, that's all music I grew up to. Yeah. But the way you flipped it. Yeah. And so talk about, like, I, I noticed in the description you said, like, this is not a normal mix. Yeah. So, like, talk about that. Well, shout out to Mr. Best, who I did the mix with. Uh -huh. I just saw it more as, like... We really like curated it. We like were real particular on what fit and what didn't, yeah. you know. And I think on mixes, you can just like anyone could do a DJ mix and put a bunch of songs together. But we were really keen on everything fit the vibe of that we wanted the sound to kind of just have one. Yeah. You know, it's hard for sixty minutes that everything fits. Yeah, and that's sure. that's. What I always got in DJing is keep the vibe going. Don't like, don't do something that people are like, oh, like switched it up. You know right. what I mean? And right. so especially like if people are in the car, in their house, just listening, they just yeah. want to like yeah. vibe out. And kind of that's, the idea was just kind of 80s, 80 songs that have been remixed, but like really remixed, not like a re-edit uh -huh. or different drums on it, but just like someone who took a song play all their music over the acapella and just kind of made it, I don't want to say better, but unique and good in its own right, you yeah. know, and it was just a continuous mix of that. And so, so I know, you know, you, you collab with Mr. Best, with Spider, mm -hmm. with JCO, mm -hmm. like, is there, why does that work for you? What is there, what makes you a good collaborator or, or what makes that good for you? Um, Someone to bounce ideas off of, yeah. really, you know, like, I, when I was just in Poland, I was just telling someone about traveling, and, like, I was in Germany for two weeks, for two weeks, like, a few years ago, mm -hmm. and I loved Berlin. It was an amazing city, like, so many museums, and there yeah. was just something about being by myself that I, the whole time, I just wish I had a friend, yeah, yeah, yeah. someone to share the yeah. experience with, it. and that's how I feel on projects, you know, it's just, like, you can bounce ideas off each other, oh, this works, that works. Um, you know, just input and, you know, like, I'll be the first one to admit, I, I can do stuff technically working in Ableton, but I'm also limited in some points mm -hmm. and sometimes a collaborator can step in and, oh, this is how we do that or this needs to be done and it's just... Have you tried collaborating with people and then you're just like, this is not going to fit? Not really. Okay. Because I have to know that I get along with them you First. know what I mean? Because even if I get along with them, we're going to disagree yeah. within that. So I got to know, like, whatever heat that we get into, like, we'll be past it and we'll still be friends after. Sure. I feel like it could be, like, 
collaborating. I mean, I've worked with my brother. Are you good at keeping those separate? In the past, and oh, I don't think I, I can't get into it any, any more than with my brother. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the ultimate, like, butting heads. Is he still making music? Uh, yeah, we're, we're working on some new stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's funny. We did, we did a song about, he's a wrestling fanatic. And okay. He did a song about Andre the Giant. Oh, that's cool. Like, this is like, you know, over a decade ago. And yeah. Bill Simmons is coming out with a documentary on HBO about Andre. And I'm oh, really? I'm really keen on at least getting him to hear it. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, yeah, it's really good. I mean, the song is great. He's talking about Andre, like his life and all this shit. Like, it's so, it's so random. My brother would love to just make songs about, like, left field stuff. Like, he uh-huh. made a song called Fuck the Parking Enforcement, where he's just <laughs> talking about kind of, you know, going off on parking that's enforcement. Awesome. Yeah, so it's just like, he never, that's one thing, like, it's like, don't take yourself too seriously in the music. I mean, it is serious, but it's also like, you know, it's fun, and yeah. it's just, but, yeah, I mean, I want to collab with more people, you know. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um... Okay, I gotta get to a uh, to a lightning round before they throw us out of here. Okay. Um, oh, uh, but uh, are you still doing the podcast? We are um, on and off. Okay. You know, it's hard. It's hard to get three people. Yeah. Spider and Best always traveling. For sure. I'm I'm on the road, so we love it because we get new music, and it's good to have an outlet for you know all these new songs are in your serato but you're like i can't play that at a party i can't play that here but it works for the show right you know so we all have all this music and we're like yo let's meet up do this show but it's really a a timing thing and we want to it's really cool when we like do a show like we did a show in like august and Mm -hmm. then i'm like watching hbo in december and one of the songs we put on the podcast is like one of their promo, like oh, you know, the cool. background. I'm like, all right, see, like we're yeah. on top of like kind of like what is not trendy, but what 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 could be popular. Like we always talk about like wanting to do um, music coordinator work. And stuff. Oh, okay, nice. And I know that's a whole thing in itself, but so is that like when you start this podcast? Is there like is there a goal, or is it just like yo, this will be fun, let's do it? I think it's more just get music out we like you know the best feedback is from djs i love the podcast i mean if we can you know i mean i i feel like commercial radio the stuff you hear is so redundant and played over and over again that you know there's a million outlets now obviously where you can get your music so we're just trying to provide another one that we feel kind of fits our vibe you know what i mean like if we're playing cool eclectic stuff like you know if if event people hear it and they're like we want that stuff at our event great you know what i mean like that's kind of like this is not your ordinary podcast we're kind of just playing other stuff so but i'm sure we'll work on more it's just like the reality we went hard in the beginning because when you launch the pod they'll they'll put it up if you get a lot of listings and then kind of you know obviously it's it's hard to keep it but we have guest mix and ask djs to do guest mix for for us and stuff so if we're just like figure out a good schedule and stick to it, it'll be steady. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, let's get to the lightning round. All right. So tell me one decision that changed your life forever. Decision that changed my life forever. Um, I guess to be a DJ. I mean, it's it's all I've known. My 
pretty much my professional career, you know? It's kind of yeah. scary thinking about life after DJing, but the older I get, obviously, I got to think about it because it's kind of all I know, you know? Yeah. So um, it's definitely a love for the music. You just get so caught up in the music that you just put blinders on everything else, especially when producing or just yeah. working on stuff. But Are there, yeah. are there moments where you... You know, you question that decision? Um, I don't question decision, but I, I question, like, doing something else in the meantime, like right. the second side hustle that could, could have grown in while doing this, you know? Sure. So, but, um, yeah, being a DJ is probably, but, like I said, it's all was just the passion of loving other music, mm -hmm. and, you know, hearing DJ Premier. Yeah, scratch on a song. I was like, "That's what I want to be." You know? <laughs> if For sure. if he knew how many DJs he influenced, oh, I'm just, sure. you know what I mean. It's just yeah, like yeah. changed the course of so many people's lives for the better. You know, definitely. Yeah. Complete a sentence for yourself. I don't have talent. I have blank. I don't have talent. I have passion. Um, you know, like I said, the passion, the love of the art and the music is kind of what drives, you know. I'm not the biggest hustler, networker guy, you know, but a lot of my success has come from the work I've put in with my remixes yeah. that other DJs play, you know, it's helped me get my name out when, when I travel to Krakow and I meet DJs and like, oh, I play your stuff, you know, there's no better feeling than knowing like, I've had been able to influence someone I've never met, you know, yeah. it's like, Absolutely. That's, that's all you can hope for is that you, the work you do can impact someone else and they can appreciate it, you know. Yeah. yeah. So if I worked for you, what's something I would hear you say over and over? Um, if you work for me, it's a tough one. I never thought of myself in a boss position. Well, like, you know, manager, publicist, booking agent, um, you know, even if we're collaborating on music. I guess just get it done, maybe, okay. you know, just like, yeah. I know it's kind of generic, but no, yeah, it's, that, yeah, just like. The, the end goal. I mean, a lot of my struggles is actually finishing beats I work on, mm -hmm. but I know the most important thing is just, just finish what you're working on and move to the next thing. Don't get yeah. caught up thinking about what you need to change and this right. and that. It's like the people that excel and get further are the people that keep it moving. So yeah, kind of a keep it moving mentality. No, that's, that's interesting you say that because some people, you know, they say that some people like to start things. Some people like to finish things. I'm both good are, at starting Both are things. important. I'm know? really, like, whenever I start a new remix or something, yeah. like, kind of prematurely, I send it to a friend. Like, what uh, do you think of this? You know, but also kind of sending it to them to, like, get feedback. Right. Direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's like you can really hold yourself back worrying about 
you're not going to please everyone with the art you put out. Right. So, I mean, if you just constantly put out trash, it's going to be obviously because no one is going to mess with it. You're not going to get any good feedback, right. you know, but it doesn't hurt to just, you know, like my thing is just I just I do a lot of different stuff. I'll put out a trap song and then I'll put out a Mary J. Blige R&B remix. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Like, I like so many different things that I don't have, like I was saying earlier, I don't have one thing that I right. go hard on. Yeah. Just kind of dabble in a little mix of everything, you know, so. Yeah. What's your favorite city to travel to? Favorite city? I loved Berlin and I loved Tel Aviv. It was incredible. Oh, really? Yeah, Tel Aviv blew my mind. Really? Yeah, it was like, just being out there in the Middle East, and it's like a mix of L.A., Miami has the beach, yeah. New York because it has nightlife, the food. I mean, then you then you go over to Jerusalem, and that just blows your mind. Being in the old city, you're just right. like, yeah, yeah, I bet. This isn't a movie set, you right? Know what I mean, this isn't yeah. Universal Studios. This yeah, is yeah. like real. This is it, you know. So, yeah, um, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, what? Um, is there a book that's had a, a big impact on you? I listen to audiobooks a you? lot. Yeah, 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 so what? And I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, you mentioned when we connected over email. Um, what, what, are, what are some big podcasts for you? Um, I love Jalen and Jacoby, just okay. on some like sports, hip-hop stuff, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, I love the Combat Jack show, RIP. Uh, I mean, he was he was the originator. You definitely. know what I mean? Like, I remember before they had the theme song, I used to listen to that show early. Uh -huh. they, they did a contest, and they would play beats every week. Like, oh, really? Should this be our theme song? And the one that was the main one was it. But, yeah, I mean, I always found solace in, like, uh, driving or just, like, listening to yeah. just good, thoughtful conversation you know it's yeah. it's what i want you know it's just like i'm glad that podcasts are a thing because it just gives you such another level of like whatever you're going to find on the news or well it's funny because i'm the same i'm an audiobook guy mm -hmm. I'm a, i always have an audiobook going but sometimes i need to take a break and hear like the conversation hear yeah. like real people talking yeah whatever so then i go to the podcast i have so many honestly yeah i listen to positive america they just got an HBO show. Yep. yep. Crazy. I was on them early. I mean, yeah. uh, my boys, DJ Crooked and DJ Neva in Vegas have a new podcast. It's about being a DJ. Oh, that's and I cool. love hearing DJs talk. Yeah. Because they're talking about, like, how, how did this record work? Yeah, yeah. How long of a shelf life did it have? And it's just like, just listen to any DJs who I really respect those guys. And, you know, they've been in the game and crushing it forever. So yeah. I'm just like, they know what's up, and it's just like relatable. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah. like that's how I felt about that song or DJing in that club sure. or playing for that type of crowd. So, what's the podcast called? It's called Road Reflections oh, yeah, of a yeah. DJ. Yeah, yeah, it's new. Yeah, I heard um, Captains of Industry. Also. Oh yeah, they just yeah. had Shecky, uh -huh. Jonathan Schechter on. Nice, and that was a really good. That guy's got gems for days. For sure. Yeah, even just. Hit, Listen to him shoot the shit. I'm just yeah. like, this is great. I honestly, I listen to more podcasts than music. Honestly, uh -huh. I don't know if that's good for me. People, <laughs> I was like, you check out the new Migos album. Like, nah, I've just been listening to podcasts. Like, I just need to stay yeah. in tune with what's happening and and all different like, spectrums. You know, it's, it's easy to get overloaded with music too. So yeah. sometimes you need a break. Yeah, I think 
I think SoundCloud is my music. SoundCloud and MixCloud are my two like music services for choice. Like, yeah. Because you can just find all types of stuff. And Definitely. It's just like, it's really popping there. What um what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? Movie. Damn. I want to say Clueless, but that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I Clueless was a it was a thing for a minute. You know, you know, a movie I love is Apocalypto. Oh, really? I'm not supposed to be a Mel Gibson fan. Obviously, <laughs> I'm Jewish, but something about that film. There's just those films you could watch over and over again. So I got Mel Gibson, Alicia Silverstone, yeah, um, Stacy Dash, yeah. Um, Ah, movies. I mean, I, I love a good movie. Um, nah, but it's funny. Certain movies, I asked that question because, like, certain movies catch us. Yeah. That are not, like, on paper. Yeah. Not what we would choose, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you see it, whatever, and, yeah. it, you know, it catches you. I mean, of course, Scarface, like, all yeah, the... of course. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that, but... No, those are good ones, though, yeah, for sure. Um, we just watched the st stupid feudal gesture, or it's a Netflix. Oh, it's yeah? a bio biography of the guys that started National Lampoon. Oh, okay, yeah. And so then they talk about writing uh, Animal House and then Caddyshack. Yeah. And How was uh, it? oh, it was great. Yeah. That's great. And then I watched Caddyshack with my son. Who's oh eight. yeah, I watched Caddyshack on the plane out to Europe. Dude, it's such a great movie. Yeah. But that's one that's like, it's not really a great movie, but it's a great movie. You yeah. Know what I, mean? um, I watched Three Billboards. Oh, is it waiting. good? It's wacky. Is it? it I, I liked it, actually. My cousin, like, he hated it. Like, uh -huh. some people hated it because it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, great cast. I think we need movies like that. I haven't seen it yet, but we need movies that, like, make you hate it or love yeah, it. Yeah, I love Get Out, too. There's like, a great YouTube of... Uh, Jordan. Did the Oscars happen yet? No, no, no. It's, okay, I'm like, uh, I'm like, what time is it? A couple, few weeks. Okay, yeah, I was like. But there's a great YouTube I just saw this weekend of Jordan reading fan theories. Oh, yeah. About That's, Get Out. I think I saw that. It's so dope. Yeah. And He's like, it, yeah, like, you got, you what, actually. Yeah, one of them is like, like, yeah, I didn't realize it, but you're right. Yeah. You know, I forget yeah. what that was. Um, like, it's like paying homage to other yeah, films yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Like exactly. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's your favorite DJ of all time? Am. Yeah. How about Living? Living. That's tough. Man, I guess I'd say I have DJ Premier. Yeah. You see I, the play? I love my man DJ Mighty Mai in Vegas. I will always go out there. He plays one of the biggest clubs at the Win, and he just always keeps it new and is just like he's been in the game for so long and I mean he's a still, dude that like still hungry for new songs and we're always trading music and I'm just like I just admire the passion the skill like the the love for it yeah. you know what I mean like you just meet these people for sure that share it and spider best you know all my yeah. homies like I just try to associate with cats that I aspire to be like and that I really admire I mean Mighty Miser dude like talk about the the journey oh from yeah where he came from crazy right yeah that you I think know. he was at the fresh fest him and shecky were there too you oh know? probably yeah i'm sure 
I'm sure. That might have been um, in Philly, though. Philly. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it was Philly. I was in San in Oakland. Okay, definitely. Uh, but, you know, like, he, yeah, he was making those backpack records. Oh, yeah, heavy. They're like, heavy in the there's game. no way you would see the guy he is now no. and have thought and that. And he might not have even saw that. No, no, I'm know? sure. Like, but, yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to hit him up to be on the show next time I'm out there. That's you know, it's idea. just like talking about the NBA All-Star Weekend is like I was telling someone, like, I never thought I'd see the Lakers in last place. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the Warriors, the champions. And even going to that Adidas event, I was like, I never thought I'd see the day where Adidas might be more popular than Nike. Right. But all these things can happen. Yeah. Like, if you could tell yourself, like, it, you can't see it, that means it might actually happen. You know I what mean, I mean? It's more likely to happen in that for sense. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. And, I, and you know, and, and as a Warriors fan who grew up never thinking you'd see the Warriors yeah. towards the end of the season, you know? Yeah. Um, but who thought a guy that's 6'3"? Change the league. Right? Yeah. Like, th that's, you'd yeah. call that impossible. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's amazing. That, that's a great point, that, like, those things that you never think are possible. Yeah. Just, like, if you tell yourself that, right when you tell yourself that, you might want to then say, actually, it might be possible. <laughs> like, yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? Like, anytime I hate on, like, a new record or something, like... I'll say, I'll tell somebody, like, oh, that's just crap. And then I end up liking it, like, a yeah. few months later. You know what I mean? Like, if I hate on it at first, that means I'm actually going to like this eventually. You know what I mean? Well, I learned that, like, you know, when I was starting my career, I kind of, uh, it wasn't, like, my goal, but, but I kind of had this thought of, like, being an A&R guy. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I realized that my taste is my taste. And, like, I passed... There's a few things I've passed on that have gone on to be, you know, household names and yeah. game changers. Oh, damn. That I just didn't see it. And, it, and while you were a and uh, Well, I was, I was managing. Yeah. But, like, I've but told the story. You, but you could have made a move on it early. So, so I had a shot at meeting Eminem oh, to wow. talk to him about management. So I, who, that doesn't mean he would have picked me or whatever. Shecky was working with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, but at the time... And this, it was like, I was like, oh, this kid's dope, but no one's going to buy a white rapper. Yeah. Right? I saw and it had, had nothing to do with his skill. Yeah. But it had to do with, like, I just didn't see it. Yeah. Right? I just didn't see it happening oh, the, the, commercially. Yeah. You told yourself that. Yeah, yeah. I told myself, yeah. like, yeah, white rapper, that's not going to yeah. happen. I like it, but, you know, it's so just going to be a if few of us. if you had the ability to catch yourself saying that. Yeah. You could have then, been yeah, like, yeah, for oh, sure. Well, scratch that. I'm gonna. Oh, uh, there's a it. couple others too, and I can't remember. But he's definitely the biggest. I saw him at the Fillmore, for the Lyricist Lounge yeah. tour when I was in college. I went to SF State. So, okay. And that was an early M. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He was just probably like, just another guy, and I was like, yo, he was dope. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So there's a few of those. So I was like, you know, so that taught me like, you just have your own, you know. Yeah. I just got my own thing, and yeah, it's not. Absolutely. You know, but when you tell yourself it's not going to happen, that's a great lesson. Yeah. Man, thanks for doing this. It's Absolutely, been fun yeah. talking thanks to you. Thanks for having you. me, man. Appreciate um, it. How's everybody find you online? Um, I have a website up, but it's kind of just a flash page for all my okay. other stuff. But What's your... Steve Wonder. Are, um, is, there a, is there a channel where you're most active? Um, my SoundCloud. Yeah. Which I think is DJ Steve Wonder. I mean, if you look up Steve, one D-E-R... That's how it's spelled. Like yeah. in Google, all my stuff will come up. SoundCloud, Insta. I'm on Insta a lot. 
addicted like everyone else. Yeah. Twitter here and there. I Facebook. mean, definitely everybody check the, the new, wait, tell me the name of the mix. The new, new wave, wave mix. Yeah, and that's on Mixcloud. So good. Yeah. So good. I Thanks, man. Banging yeah. it all weekend. Yeah. Dope. Love it. Dope. Um, dude, come back anytime, days. man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yo, that was Steve Wonder on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Uh, make sure you hit us everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Send me a postcard. Do whatever you feel. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.